Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, the podcast where one of us brings the other a record that they haven't heard, and we talk about it. Usually at length. Sometimes we cut it down. Sometimes we go on way too long about things that aren't this record, but we at least have a baseline of what we're here to talk about. I am Brand, and I'm here with my friend, my co-host, Scott. Scott, hello. Hey, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good. We ha- we, we got all of our grievances out in the pre-show meeting, so we can hop right into this thing, I guess. <laughs> right. Today we are here to talk about the album Primitive by the band Soulfly. Yeah. So you had no prior experience with Soulfly or? None at all, which is wild to think about. (laughs) Especially involving some of the sounds that we're going to talk about on this record. Once we get into it, uh, once we get into it, you'll you'll hear me kind of talk more about those sounds and be amazed at some of the stuff. Because like... We talked about it. Uh, I don't remember if it was in the show last week or if it was the after show meeting that we do. But you told me to listen through once without looking at the the title tracks or anything like the titles of the tracks. Just listen through one time without any info. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that the entire week, so I still don't know the names of the tracks. <laughs> so when we get to our top three, I'm going to be like, oh, track number. <laughs> It's all right. I'll guide you through that. I'll be your table of contents. We don't. It I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna write them down when you tell me what they are. <laughs> okay, perfect. So much like every episode, I'm gonna launch into information about the band, information about this album, and then input where you feel necessary. For sure. Soulfly is an American heavy metal band formed in Los Angeles, California, and then later based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, okay. That's kind of surprising. The the next line might be why it's, it's it seems surprising. Okay, <laughs> Soulfly is led by former Sepultura frontman Max Cavalera, who formed the band oh. after he left the Brazilian group in 1996. There it is. No way. Okay, awesome. There's yeah. there's what makes sense. Now it yeah. makes a little more sense. That totally makes sense. <laughs> 
if this was a fully American band from LA, there might be some conversations about problematic things. There's some sounds and some yeah. uh, lyrics <laughs> that, that would be yeah. questionable, but it yeah. would be, hold on. Are we allowed to do that? It, it <laughs> yeah. would be the question. Right. Max was troubled during the recording of Soulfly's self-titled debut and on the band's website, he said that he founded the band, quote, with the idea of combining sounds and spiritual beliefs. Okay. Yeah. And this this stemmed from him dealing with the death of his stepson, Dana Wells. Oof. Yeah, that would be, that'd be difficult. I believe it was a car accident. Man. Yeah, that'd be rough to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that came on the heels of, I don't know if it played into him leaving Sepultura, but I know mm-hmm. he left Sepultura and then... Dana died very quickly. I don't know if one led to the other or not. Well, I mean, I don't think him leaving Sepultura led to Dana's death. Right. Yeah, but the other way. Primitive is Soulfly's second studio album released through Roadrunner Records in 2000. Oh, oh, okay. As of 2002, Primitive had sold over 225,000 copies. Nice. Soulfly incorporates many styles of metal with Brazilian tribal and world music. So there's that. There's that piece that we were talking about that may seem a little weird if it was a <laughs> yeah. fully American band. Right. The band has gone through many lineup changes. Cavalera has been the only constant member. That's enough. As we're seeing more and more <laughs> through a lot of these things. <laughs> right, yeah. No, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, like, we've talked about it before. The The singer seems to be the one piece that, in my opinion, just can't ever change. There has been news about a new Pantera tour going on without Dimebag and without Vinny, and I'm kind of pissed off about it. So what you're saying is that Phil just decided he is Pantera now. Phil and Rex. They got back together and started talking and decided they both needed money, so I'm sure. Okay. Okay, Uh, They got Zach Wilde to play guitar, and then they got um, the drummer from Anthrax. You might have sold me with just Zach Wilde. Nah. Because... I don't think I am, there's many guitarists that could fill in and do that, but Zach Wilde could. I I agree. I don't question his talent at all. He's yeah. super talented, amazing guitarist. He's not Dimebag. Oh, like also, don't get me wrong. I'm going nowhere near a Pantera show in 2022. No, oh, no, not no, no way. But it, <laughs> I mean, it just like I saw that on social media, and I was just like, really, just uh. I was just like my heart sank. Well, in lieu of a bunch of front end notes, because I have notes for individual tracks, I'm just going to jump into the billboard for this for for the week that this record was released. All right, let's do it. So Billboard Hot 100 on September 30th, 2000, which is a wild time in music. That is absolutely nuts. Like, yeah, I, I turned 18 and. (laughs) This record plays perfectly into that time of my life. (laughs) (laughs) At number five, we have Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. I remember that song. I have I told you about the bone that I have to pick with this song every time. Oh no. And it's such like a it's such a nerdy thing. Is it a is it a comic book nerd thing? Yeah, basically. I love it. Like the lyric is uh, with my superhuman might, Superman's not human. No. So that the lyric is he's Kryptonian. He's an alien. Like he's, yeah. he's not from here, so he can't be superhuman. He doesn't have superhuman might because he's not human. He's superhuman, though. 
Nah, he's not here. I, it's, like I said, it's a no, I'm with that, you. I'm with you. Me forever. I also understand that, like, yes, he's he's not human, so it could be like if you're comparing his might to a human, it is superhuman. I get that. Yeah. But every time I've heard it since I read comic books, it was just like, yeah. no, that's not it. That's not. You're it. talking to a guy who hates Superman, so I'm good with. It. <laughs> Number four, and this seems to be a trending topic. We've had a couple records recently that they're on the charts and you've said many times you've listened to a single or two but you don't know anything jump and jumping by destiny's child yeah no i don't know that one either maybe i heard it like yeah on the radio or like walking through the grocery store or something but like not not enough to where i could ever pick it out or even like pretend to hum the melody or sing any lyrics i have no idea what that song is we're also in a time now where in 2000, if you heard a song in the supermarket, that's where you heard it. Now, right. if you hear a song in the supermarket, you hear it in the supermarket, you hear it on a commercial, you hear it yeah. on, as a YouTube ad, you hear it everywhere. Like, yeah, for sure. Dated with a song when it's hot. Yeah, that's 100% true. Number three on the Billboard Hot 100, September 30th, 2000. Number three is Doesn't Really Matter by Janet Jackson. Wow. But on the charts, it looked like she was just going by Janet at the time, which I didn't know that was something that happened ever. I didn't know that either. Was that pre or post Super Bowl? I think that was post Super Bowl. I feel like it was 99 that that happened or 98. <laughs> 2004. <laughs> <What>, really? <laughs> yes. Wow. I'm way off, huh? Yeah. So this was pre. This was pre Super Bowl. Yeah. Huh. Janet was on the charts pre Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah i guess it went right from rhythm nation right to this thing <laughs> so number two on the billboard hot 100 we have give me just one night parenthetically una noche 98 degrees oh yeah boy bands are going strong i uh, this i think this is towards the the end of it no no they're still they're still happening but this is when they're all becoming different like this is when they're the 98 yeah. degrees song shocks the hell out of me because I thought they I thought they were one of the ones that fizzled out quickest, but apparently I'm right. wrong. I remember being in high school and in the high school part of the high school newspaper and some new boy band record came out and I for, I forget who it was, but I shit all over it in the school newspaper and so many people hated me for it. It was it was fantastic. It was my you senior just, year. I just didn't give a fuck. You were just in your bag and you were like, yeah, I was like, look, bitches, I'm out of here in like six months. I don't give a shit about you at all. I'm a music <laughs> critic now, so I'm going to 100 100%. Well, if number three, the Janet Jackson track surprised you, number one is going to surprise you as much as it surprised me. Number one on the hot 100 September 30, 2000 is music by Madonna. What? Yeah. She was doing stuff then. <laughs> her, her, I guess. I guess music is the name of the track and album. Because when I was looking up other albums that came out, the Madonna yeah. music album also came out. But I, wow. no, no idea what it is. Not a clue. Yeah, I'm nowhere on this uh, top five at all. Well, number six. Let's see if you were here. We have "Bent" by Matchbox Twenty. Yeah, I actually did. Like that was so at the time. It was a guilty pleasure. Like, I would never let anybody know that I was into Matchbox 20 at all. But I, I do enjoy that track. And I think they're actually pretty good musicians from back from back in that time. 
I've never listened to a Matchbox 20 record, but oh. they are, there's a whole like group. I, I wouldn't say group, but there's a bunch of times where I'll, I'll see a band name or I'll like hear mm-hmm. something and be like, I, I, I bet you Scott listens to that. Like, it's just an idea that pops into my head and Matchbox 20 is one of them. Really any kind of rock based music from back then, I was probably pretty into yeah. uh, no matter what genre or subgenre of rock you want to call it. Um, and really like Matchbox 20, they were obviously on the popular end of that, mm. that spectrum that I was into, but I just enjoyed anything that was along those lines, you know, anything with a guitar. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Essential. And, and I, was like, tr- I was trying to play like really uh, like I was trying to learn how to play really well. And like my buddy Chris was playing guitar and like. It was, yeah, it was definitely a guitar-based rock time for, for me, like anything. And and really, let's be honest, those songs that were popular back then were so freaking easy to play on guitar that you could just knock them out real quick, just yeah. three or four chords. So, yeah, I was I was into it just so I could be, like, playing it. <laughs> two, two other ones I took out here. At number 11, we have the track Wonderful by Everclear. I know I love at least one record by Everclear. Everclear is like, yeah, they had two records that I really got into. Wonderful. I don't remember the name. I don't remember that song, though. Yeah, I, I do not. In 2000, I do not. But I yeah, no. It's on the record I had. Man, Everclear was pre-emo. Mm-hmm. Like, they were, he was singing about some real stuff and some Father real hurt. Father of mine. Jeez, dude. That yeah. one. I, I, I don't think we realized it back then uh, because it was so catchy. It was one of those things where, like, the music and the catchiness overrode the lyrical content. Yeah. But going back now and listening to that, I did that. It was crazy because it was, like, a week or two ago that I just happened to hear it on the radio. And I went back and listened to it. I was like, oh, my God, this is devastating. Different like, this is, this is the craziest therapy session I have ever ever been like a fly on the wall to it's it's deep yeah for sure and then this one i threw up here because after i saw it here Mm -hmm. uh, at number 53 is who let the dogs out by bob no why was that even a song no i get that (laughs) it was a giant song though would you not consider it one of the biggest songs of the time oh it was gigantic yeah that thing was all over the place. And the fact that it's only 50-something, maybe it was just towards the end of the run or at the very beginning of the run. See, that's what I thought, too. So I looked it up because I was so confused as to why it was low. Yeah. Do you know it never made it top? It never was number one. Never. Really? The thing was all over the place, dude. They still that they still play that thing in like sports, at sports events. It never made it top 10. That's crazy. It never made it top 20. No way. It peaked at 40. 40 was as high as it got. Wow. That is super surprising. It blew my mind. I said, you have to be kidding me. It only peaked at 40? 40. Like Billboard says it peaked at 40. There's no way I would have. I definitely would have said it was a number one, if not top three. I lost all of my money on who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah, 100%. That's crazy. 
So moving out of the singles and into the full albums of Billboard, we have the Billboard 200 week of September 30th, 2000. Uh, very different realms here. It seemed Ooh. in the single category, there was a, a grouping of very poppy music. And then you'll see yeah. what goes on here in the in the album area. Oh, I'm interested. At number five, we have Maroon by Bare Naked Ladies. Okay. I know one of their records with one week on it. And there's another single, another big single. But I don't think it was that record. And then they wrote or performed. I don't know if either of those are true. The Big Bang Theory theme song, isn't it? They definitely did. Yep. They sure did. At number four, we have Nathan Michael Sean Wania by Boys to Men. What? <laughs> and that's the name of the record. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I know of their first record and their second record. I thought they just stopped after that. Well, they put this one out in 2000 and it made it number four on the charts. So good yeah, for Boys to Men. Yeah, good for them. At number three, the Marshall Mathers LP. By Eminem. That is a big, big, big record. I know your feelings yeah. and opinions on Eminem. I get it. See, I understand. Don't get me wrong. That record. Don't get me wrong. At, at the time, 2000. Yeah. Eminem's making rap music for me. Like I was 10. Like that's who he was making rap music for. He was making rap music for 10 year olds who wanted to get into rap. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like that's what it was. The Marshall Mathers LP, though, is super dark, too. Like, sure, it has uh, My Name Is on it. No, My Name Is was on the Slim Shady LP. What was the the super poppy single off that record? I know Stan's on that record, but that's that's really pretty dark, too. Real Slim Shady? Yeah, Real Slim Shady. The way I am. That's dark. Like, all most of the tracks on that record are pretty dark-themed. Real Slim Shady is the only one that's poppy and jokey. That was the lead single, though. Yeah. Because then Stan was the second single, I believe. Yeah. Which was like a rocket. That thing went up the charts like crazy. Good old Devin Sawa in the video. (laughs) You know it. At number two, huge record, Mm. Country Grammar by Nelly. Oh, yeah. Man, do I love that record. Yeah, it's a good record. That's a great record. At number one, never heard of this before in my life. Didn't know this oh. album existed. Wow. G-O-A-T featuring James T. Smith, the greatest of all time. That's the name That's the, the name of the album. G-O-A-T featuring James T. Smith, the greatest of all time by LL Cool J. Okay. I couldn't tell you for a thousand dollars. Me neither. No idea. No clue. Crazy. So no crazy, clue. man. But you could definitely see that singles were very pop driven and then albums were being albums. sold like hip hop and more yeah. alternative stuff was being was the thing. Yeah. Just to add it in here, because we they seem to come up all the time. And I saw it at number 10. Now that's what I call <laughs> music volume four. Of was course. Number 10. We knew it had to be on there somewhere. Yes. Had to be on there somewhere. So moving on to albums released the month of September 2000. First, we have September 5th. We have the album Float by Aesop Rock. Nope. Never, never I've never to listened to Aesop Rock, but I thought he was a more modern creation. I didn't know that this was, that's even his second record. Oh, okay. I didn't know that he was late 90s hip hop. I had no clue. I always get him confused. Isn't 
ASAP Rocky, another rapper. <laughs> yeah, but trust me, those are two I never confuse. <laughs> I I've never really listened to either of them. Like I, I've okay. heard ASAP Rocky. Like, is doesn't he feature on like some Tyler stuff or? Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're they're friends. Yeah, uh, that's the only time I've ever heard them. And then ASAP Rock, yeah, no idea. Yeah, I've never listened. I, I people who like him will tell you at length how much they like him. Oh, okay. At at length. <laughs> at they, length. They might still be talking. <laughs> September fifth, we have Smashing Pumpkins, Machina Two, the Friends and Enemies of Modern Music. No, nah, I, I they lost me. You were out. Yeah. Yeah, they lost me after... Oh, you know what? They had another record called Zeitgeist that came out after Melancholy and Infinite Sadness that I liked, but I don't remember. I think I I lost Smashing Pumpkins' interest right after Melancholy. I think they came out with another... Maybe it was Machina and Machina 2, but then came out with Zeitgeist. December 31st, 1999, you had your 2,000 glasses on, counting down. You watched that ball <laughs> drop. As soon as that ball dropped, you said, no, nah, there's no Smashing Pumpkins for me this this millennium. And you took the fucking glasses off. No, nah, man, I missed out on three <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins records. 2007 was when Zeitgeist came out. So, yeah, I, I missed out on Adore, Machina, and Machina 2. I wasn't in for that one. Also on September 5th, just a band that I was curious if you were listening to, because I know you got into the side of things for a while. Nile put out Black Seeds of Vengeance. I haven't listened to them yet. Like I, I see their records uh, around every once in a while, and I just don't know where to start. Okay. So I haven't, I haven't bothered yet. I learned of them from, oh, an OzFest compilation, maybe like OzFest oh, okay. 04, 06 compilation, something like that. Yeah. And I, I visited them a few times. In my head, they have like a behemoth feel to me. Mm-hmm. But that may or may not be true because I don't remember too well. <laughs> yeah, I they're definitely on my radar. I just haven't taken the dive yet. Album September 12th, we have Relationship of Command at the drive-in. Yes. That's a great record. I downloaded all of At the Drive-In at one time when I was downloading discographies and I realized, I think that may have hurt my opinion of a lot of these bands because I would just like listen, I'd throw their whole discography on shuffle and I wouldn't get a full appreciation for projects. Sure. So I think it hurt me. And that's, that's one of the bands where there's, there's a lot of tracks in there that I like, Mm -hmm. but I don't know which records they're from. And I don't know. Yeah. And there's some, cause there's some weird stuff that they did too. They did some crazy stuff. They had a specific time frame for me and uh, Relationship of Command and their their EP via. Those two were big for me in in my head. And again, every time I preface something with in my head, it's usually not true. <laughs> right. In my head at the drive in were like the punk rock version of the Mars Volta. Well, you know, two of the guys from at the drive in went on to do the Mars Volta. I guess I may have known that. The guitarist and the singer left. Yeah, the guitarist and the singer left at the drive-in and then did the Mars Volta. Maybe that's why in my head. I don't know. But yeah, I, I and I like the Mars Volta more than I like at the drive-in, though. Granted, oh, I'm the other I'm way not, around. I'm not revisiting Mars Volta a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I was listening. I got heavy into Mars Volta for a while, and I had a friend that if he would get in my car, 
he and Mars Volta was on, he would look at me and say, I'd rather rub my dick on a cheese grater than listen to the fucking Mars Volta. <laughs> So shout out to Jake because That's I can't funny. think of the Mars Volta without thinking of that line every time. That's so funny. Well, at least we figured out why I had that connection then. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, they are connected. <laughs> yeah. We, we put that one together. Yeah. Also, September 12th, we have the album The Worst by Tech Nine. I wasn't into Tech Nine yet. But are you a Tech Nine guy? There's, I feel like you would be. Yeah, I dig him. Uh, there's a couple of records of his that I really, really like. Uh, but they're later on in his discography because I only came around to him maybe like seven years ago. Super late on Tech Nine. Yeah, super, super late. But uh, his rap, his rapping ability is is just amazing. Yeah, it, he he's one of those yeah. that when you hear something and you know something about like rhyme scheme and delivery and flow oh, yeah. and you you see what he's doing, it's like wow. He's super wow. sick. Like you listen to a track, you have to run it back like three, four times. Just yeah. Yeah. almost catch everything. <laughs> Next up, still September 12th, we have the album by Christina Aguilera, Mira Fleo, which was her Latin pop record. Oh, she did a Latin pop record. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I think 2000 was a time. Uh, I think it may be in like that. What might be why the 98 degree song kind of had a Spanish subtitle. Right. I think a lot of some record executives saw that Latin culture was huge. And they I mean, we, we still see that show. now where like Bad Bunny is one of the biggest artists in the world. Yeah. And there's people in America that have no idea who he is. <laughs> I've never heard a Bad Bunny song. <laughs> like I've seen him on the Cheetos commercials. And having his, own, having his own McDonald's meal, having his own, like, everything. Like, good for bad. How crazy is it that, like, music artists have their own meals at a fast food place? But the wildest part about it to me is it's not even, like, a different meal. It's just, hey, this is a burger and fries put together. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, cool. And it's an adult happy meal. I just saw that there's a Jack Harlow meal at KFC now. It's a spicy chicken sandwich and fries. You need that thing. I've never, I've never listened to Jack Harlow either. I've listened to a couple tracks. Yeah, I, I don't really care. I guess is the gotcha. answer. Like I, I just, it's, I don't know. Something about it doesn't do it for me. But the songs I've listened okay. to were because he had features or he was a feature. Sure, I gotcha. Next up, still September twelfth, Presence of the United States, freaked out and small. Man, I don't think I know that one. Does that have the poodle See, that, on the cover? I think it has the poodle oh, on the cover. Remember. That's yeah. one, that's one of the that's one of the I bands. Love where I love that it's, band. There it is. <laughs> there it is. So, I love those guys so much. There it is. What was their big hit? Lump? Is that Lump? Lump yeah, yeah. Dude, they're so great. These these guys play on like a two string bass, a three string guitar. They just do whatever with whatever, and they're so funny. And like I remember them coming out. Oh man, I was a young teenager, I think, when their first record came out, and I went nuts for that record. Yeah, th their first record came out in '95, and man, was I all over that record. <laughs> I loved yeah, it. Ne I've never listened to a full record. I knew Lump. That's about it. You haven't listened to it? Oh man, I might have to bring you that record. 
put on the list. That's another one of those bands, though, where like I th- I, th- I see a band name, I think of a band, I'm like, I bet you Scott likes them. And that oh, was dude, one where I was, I was so heavy into them, <laughs> like in the late '90s. It was great. They were just fun. <laughs> if I, you know, I, I love fun, but sometimes '90s fun isn't my idea of fun. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, '90s fun is not always your idea of fun. Still, September twelfth. Wild that this exists, wild that this came out, wild that this came out in 2000, we have Christmas time again. Okay, listen to what I just said. It's September. It's the beginning of September. And the album Christmas time again is out by the artist. Do you have any guesses? I'll give you any guess. I have no idea. Leonard Skinner. What? I didn't even know they came out with a Christmas album. Neither did Let I. alone in September of 2000. Oh, man, it's wild. It, that's, when I saw it, I said, this can't be real. And was it's it? like a Santa Claus in like an old beat up truck. Like it was. Oh, it's God. Wild. There is no part of that that I want anything to do with. <laughs> it's fucking wild. In September 2000? Nah. Early September. Early <laughs> yeah. September. No, I'm good. Next up, we have September 19th, AFI, The Art of Drowning. Yes, that is their best record, in my opinion. That's when they started getting, like, darker. Yeah, more, um, yeah, I'd say more gothy, yeah. And still not quite as poppy as they got. Oh, yeah, Miss Murder is a pop band. Oh, my God, yeah, that was off of December Underground, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the, not the next record, but the one after that sing the sorrow was a good record, but it, it definitely got into that more pop punk version of them. Whereas the art of drowning was still the more punk and gothy kind of version of AFI that I really loved September 19th, another band that I hear. And I'm like, I bet you Scott likes them. The band (laughs) fuel with something like human. Uh, I, I was all right with them. I wasn't super you, into them. You at least don't listen to them now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that the, that record was one that I listened to. Again, it was probably like a late 90s record that they came out with. Next up, September 25th, we have Morbid Angels, Gateways to Annihilation. I know you listen to it. I'm, try- I'm counting what record of that there, there's is. Hold on. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. There's their seventh record. Wow. There is maybe not a discography I appreciate more than Morbid Angels for doing their album titles. Alphabetically? Alphabetically. Yeah, that's I awesome. I fucking adore it. I adore it. <laughs> it's so it's so perfect. I wish every band did it because then I'd be able to figure out, oh, what's their first album? The one that starts with A. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, that one's good. I, if, if I recall, it's, it's not it, my favorite, but it's definitely not in my least favorites of theirs either. Gotcha. I think I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've never listened to them. I have three here from September 26th Ooh. to wrap up this list that are three huge albums in their own right. And Ooh. and each affected us differently, although one of them I know you didn't listen to yet. But September 26th, I'm going to run down all three and then we're going to talk about all three together. Sure. Sounds great. Good Charlotte, self-titled Good Charlotte. Mm. Lamb of God's New American Gospel. Yeah. A newfound glory, self-titled newfound glory. Yeah. That's a wild three albums to come out on the same day. That is kind of crazy. 
Uh, Good Charlotte self-titled. Is that their first one? I want to say so. Because wasn't their second one something... Um, Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous? It's something like that, but it's not that. I know that's what the like the single was. That was the song, yeah. It is their first record, yes. Okay. I went to St. Ant- no, it was Clutch Cargos around the time that this had to have come out and saw Good Charlotte play. Holy shit. Yeah. And I want to say, actually, I think it was a, I might be wrong saying this. I think it was a Vagrant tour and they had Dashboard open for them. I think Dashboard Confessional opened for Good Charlotte. Their second record is The Young and the Hopeless, by the way. Oh, I knew okay, it, was yeah. something, it was something like that. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're good. I met Chris Caraba at the merch table. Uh, him, uh, Chris Caraba being the, uh, the singer guitarist for Dashboard Confessional. And then I think on our way out of the venue, we happened to see the Madden Brothers. That was crazy. I wasn't super into Good Charlotte, but they, they were blown up at the time. You know what got me into Good Charlotte? Because I guarantee you, wow, I'm I'm hitting a moment here. If if everybody from like Newfound Glory looked like the Madden twins, like they were all yeah. tatted up, I probably would have been more into Newfound Glory. See, I was already more into Newfound Glory. And like when you gave me that list, that Newfound Glory record was bigger for me than the other. I'm well aware, and I know you haven't listened to New American Gospel yet, but that's no, I haven't. Yeah, and you you will get that at some point. Gotcha. But I. I mean, look, just looking at the two bands, you see Good Charlotte. Those two dudes look cool as shit, like from an aesthetic standpoint. Sure. Yeah. Covered in tattoos. I mean, I eyeliner was the thing. So that was cool at the time, obviously. Yeah, that see, I I was the other way. I was definitely the cargo shorts again, though. The age difference. That's oh, yeah. And that's where it is. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Newfound Glory. They were rocking vans with cargo shorts and some random band t-shirt with the sweatband around the forearm and the spiky hair. That was me. And it's funny because that uh, that self-titled Newfound Glory record was their second record. I, I've seen that band probably like five, six times. And there was one time I probably saw them at Clutch Cargos. I think I'm saying the right, the right time. Saw them at Clutch Cargos and helped them unload their van or no reload their van and emily was back in the car sitting waiting for me to come back <laughs> well babe i gotta go be a roadie for about 25 minutes <laughs> i got him to sign a shirt and uh and my ticket stub wild i'm glad you got an i'm glad you got them to put some ink on something for you after you moved for their sure. equipment yeah it was no big deal it was fun so then that leads us to Soulfly's Primitive was, was released September 26, 2000. It is 12 tracks, 52 minutes, 16 seconds long. Oh, so this came out with Newfound Glory, Good Charlotte, and Lamb of God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. yes, it did. Wow, what a crazy week. And then uh, this record reached number 32 on the Billboard charts. Not bad. That's impressive. So then let's dive into your track by track breakdown. I will read you the track titles as we go. Just Please do. Because I'm just going to be saying track one, track two, track three. <laughs> yeah, completely fair. The opening track on this is Back to the Primitive. First, so these notes are based off of mostly a first reaction. I'm spending way too much time trying to figure out the way they made that toy steel guitar being detuned sound. At the uh, beginning? Yeah. 
It's such a crazy sound. Let me tell you what it is then. Because you got it down in my notes. Oh, that's awesome. That is a berimbau. B-E-R-I-M-B-A-U. It is a single string percussion instrument. Whoa. That was originally from Africa, but now commonly used in Brazil. It's like a musical bow, basically. That's awesome. Because, yeah, I, dude, I was racking my brain being like, what is this thing and how are they making this sound? I thought it was all like post-editing or something. Nope, it is an actual instrument. That is so sound. cool. That's awesome. Uh, the rest of the song feels very corn-like. Sounds like something I would have really gotten into in the late 90s. Was that a rain stick being used at the end? There's a definite possibility. That is amazing. I mean, you'll hear it on every note, every song I take notes on. The amount of instruments that are played on this record is mind blowing. One track in particular we'll get to, but I'm like, it. I sat there at work just like staring into the abyss, listening to one of these songs, just like, what is going on here? Track two, we have Pain featuring who? Grady Avenel. And Chino Marino. I freaking knew it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I said uh, flows perfectly from the previous track. Very industrial sounding breakdown for a few seconds before the like Chino sounding vocals start to creep in from the background. It is Chino. Wait, is that actually Chino? Sounds so deft tones for a minute. Great stuff. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about it briefly in our Deftones discography. Max Cavalera has been a uh, a contributor to Deftones forever. Right, but I didn't know he was this big. I didn't know he was Soulfly. Yes. So that's (laughs) awesome because didn't Max do the feature on White Pony? What was the track name? Oh, I can't remember. uh, Is it Head Up? Because I know he did Head Up. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look, but I think I know he did some he did some production on other tracks too. Like yeah. Ma- Max and Chino are friends, friends. Like yeah. I don't think they're just like music friends. I think they're actually friends. That's so rad. But yeah, great. Uh really awesome that it was actually Chino. I like you know Chino's vocals when you hear them <laughs> anywhere because he always has that specific effect on his vocals. So when I heard it creeping up from the from the background in this I was like, I was straining to hear it, and I was like, "Is that?" And then he came through with his own verse, and I was like, "Oh my god, that has to be yeah. Chino!" Yes, that's awesome, it is. and that's 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 one of the things that I wanted you to, you know, be surprised by because I didn't want you to see featuring Chino and then see it coming. So I'm, that's that, what, that is one of so. The- when I heard that, when I was going through my first run through, that was when I decided I wasn't looking up anything for this record. Okay. Because I had a feeling I'd get some more. And then when I went through, I was like, there's some more vocals on here that I like. There's one in particular that I know for a fact. <laughs> yeah. But there's a few more in here that I'm like, I know this, but I can't pinpoint the vocalist. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm excited. To, I'm really excited to run through this record with you right now uh, because I want to hear all these other features. Next up, track three. Yeah. I don't have any notes for it, but the track is Bring It is the name of the track. I don't have any notes. Bring it. Okay. Um, I have, I love that repeating guitar riff that runs throughout the song. The tone is pretty amazing on the guitar. I think it's phenomenal. What is the reggae influenced breakdown there? Amazing cool down moment. Fantastic. And then right back into the heavy stuff for a second. Great song. 
I just think there's so much Brazilian influence in this thing. Dude, that I love it. Yeah. I love it. Because it's such a different feel to like the new metal that was coming out at that time, right? Because like and make no mistake, it's definitely a new metal record. Like you oh, hear yeah. this shit and it well, is 100%. new metal, but it's I mean, definitely had corn feelings in the first track. Definitely had Deftones feelings in the second track. But you get all these added instrumentations and different, just different like musical themes throughout each song. It's so great. Like it's definitely not regular new metal. And it's, yeah, it's great. And there might not be a better album title than Primitive for it. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's almost perfect. Like, yeah. you know exactly what you're getting off the album title once you listen to it. You're like, yeah, that's that's it. That's primitive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. So moving on to track four, titled One Word, Jump the Fuck Up. Of course. Uh, it had to be duh. Featuring, go ahead and oh, say yeah. it because I know you know this one. Yeah, this is Corey Taylor all over this. It's 100%. 100% yeah. Corey Taylor. Yeah. You can't mistake his vocals. Can I also say my favorite Corey Taylor verse ever? Count is all, on this track. Also, if not, this is my favorite Corey Taylor. Is it really? That's awesome. Just because some of the, and this is like, what did we say? Uh, self-titled Slipknot came out in 99, right? Yes. So this is coming hot off that. Like they're, they're yeah. huge. They're getting huge at that point. You can definitely tell what time it is in Slipknot too, like off of this verse, because it's yeah. more of the more, more rhythmic sounding. I don't want to say rap because Corey Taylor in my opinion, never wrapped, not a rap. no. but it, it was definitely the more um, self-titled sounding than anything afterwards. Just for two lines, essentially one is what the fuck? I'm a Mack truck. Like that's just a lyric. <laughs> he throws in here. Yeah. And the other is I'm a self-destructive piece of shit. Smear me in. Yeah. I love it so much. It's my favorite Corey Taylor. I love this track was mm. my go-to track for years. When people would be like, "Can you scream?" and I and I just oh. throw this on, and I would. This is what I would do. Yeah, uh, I have the beginning here is everything angry teenage Scott would have worshipped. I did, I did worship it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Wait, is this Corey Taylor?" Man, these first four tracks are crazy. I'm loving these rad little cooldowns at the end of the tracks because so far every track has had this moment where it just it gives you a little cooldown before it throws you into the next track. I think we can probably credit that to uh, Max Cavalera being such a seasoned musician at this point. Yeah. Like if Soulfly was a new band and they would probably just go one song, one song, next song, next song, next song. But like Max understands albums. He understands like all that. Shit. Yeah. So yeah. He, he, he adds all that in there. And it's those little things that make a good album. Great. Yeah, for sure. Next up track five, we have Mlumbo. M-U-L-A-M-B-O. Malumbo. Okay. Well, that's what he's saying in the track. <laughs> um, a little kid intro reminds me of something H2O used to do. Okay. They they used to have their singer's kid on tracks, and it always like made me smile. Uh, so, yeah. Little kid intro reminded me of something H2O used to do. Man, these dudes musically are all over the place and pretty out there when it comes to using certain instruments the big sounding tippany drums at the beginning gave a lot of depth to the song and then like a flute is in there maybe and then yeah i didn't understand a single word in this song at all i don't think 
Okay, well, the kid at the beginning is actually Max Cavalera's son, Igor Jr. That's so awesome. Yep. There's yeah, yeah. You said tribal drumming. There's foosball yeah. sound effect. Really? Yes. Dude, yeah, it's so crazy. And those I really love the sound of those big drums. They make it sound like thunder kind of. And they they kept sticking around. Instead of slowing down at the end of this track, they sped it up. And I love that switch. You'll also like this bit of information. Uh, the foosball sound effects were done by his other son, who is actually now the drummer of Soulfly, Zion. Wow, so cool. And the song, it's sung in Portuguese and English. And there's background vocals by the Malumbo Tribe, which is a Brazilian metal group that inspired this very song. So cool. The song was also in the movie The Forsaken, if that matters to anybody. <laughs> I don't think I saw The Forsaken, so. I don't think I, don't think I did either. <laughs> so moving on to the sixth track, we have mm-hmm. Sun Song. S-O-N-S-O-N-G. Sun Song. Oh, okay. Featuring... Do you have a guest? Do you know who this is? This is the one that threw me for a complete loop. Like I have, it's, it reminds me of somebody, but I can't quite place it. Like it, okay. I just, uh, yeah, no idea. Is featuring Sean Lennon. No way. Yes, sir. Dude, that's so crazy. Sean Lennon being on a Soulfly track is nuts. Yeah. And it's it's paying tribute to their fathers, because as we know, John yeah. Lennon was shot at a young age, and yeah. Max's dad died of a heart attack at a young age. I didn't know that. Wow. That that brings a whole new meaning to this track. That's awesome. Yeah, the effects on the vocals at the beginning remind me of someone that I can't quite place. I know that voice, though. Every moment is precious and everything will turn to dust is an amazing line. I love the slowdown at the end of this. Uh, with the old 70s sounding keys, like a keyboard, uh, just amazing. This this song did something for me at the the age when I was listening to Soulfly. Mm. This song usually wouldn't fly. Like if you were listening to Soulfly and that's what you were listening to, this song you'd be like, what the fuck is this? But it, it worked for me. Like it yeah. worked very well. I oh man, and, and that little bit of like touchstone that I knew the Beatles and I knew and my dad was a huge John Lennon fan. Yeah, and it, like it's a song about dads. It's about Dude. John Lennon. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's something. It is absolutely something. That's awesome. That wow, that changes a lot for me in this record. Wow. Okay. Cool. Next up, track seven. I don't have yeah. any notes for it. It is boom. boom. Yeah, that's that's appropriate. The wild toy steel guitar is back. Yeah, love it. There's like some tribal sounding drums on this track that are phenomenal. Boom, what you got, what you what you got, boom, is a new metal commandment. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> even though most of these tracks have a cool down moment at the end, it's not getting old. I keep loving it. Yeah, it riles you up or you're already riled up and then it just brings you down. A little it's bit. just like, okay, yep, time to cool. Just give it a second. Take a breather. Take a yeah. drink. Sorry, yep, drink your water. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, great song. Next up, track eight, we have Terrorist featuring. Do you know did you catch the feature on this one? Uh nope. Another voice on here, like I feel like I should know. Yeah, it's Tom Araya from Slayer. Oh. 
<laughs> I, dude, yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, uh, Congas to start off this track. Man, this record is so wild. It keeps hitting me with so many unexpected nuggets. Another voice on here, like I feel like I should know. Does this record have just a bunch of awesome features on it? I need to know who this is. Love the chaos at the end. Yeah, it's featuring Tom Araya, but it, this song also incorporates lyrics from other songs. Okay. Uh, including Inner Self by Sepultura and Criminally Insane by Slayer. Wow. So cool. Like a mixture of both their bands into this. Oh, that's awesome. Next up, track nine, The Prophet. This intro could have come directly from an early corn record. Good stuff. Actually, the guitar work sounds very monkey influenced. I'm loving it. I don't have any notes for this one. So sweet. That's, that's, that's where we're at. Next up. Good track. Track 10, Soulfly 2. So this is an instrumental. Yes. It's the sequel to Soulfly 1, which was on the first record. And it uses a large number of instruments, including Congo drums, piano, sitar, twang, and various wind instruments. Yeah, man. I'm not sure when this record came out. Late 90s, very early thousands, maybe. But I probably wouldn't have appreciated this one at all back then. But 40-year-old me is loving the combination of the different sounds and instruments on this one amazing musicianship tribal drums doors-esque keys woodwinds strings it's phenomenal i'd love to see a list of all the instruments used on this track just because i imagine it is just a gang of them i will say when i was loving this record this this track got a lot of skips got a lot I, of skips. yes it probably would have for me as well but now this yeah this song is Amazing. You know, I don't like instrumental tracks normally. Yeah. I, I appreciated this thing, listening to it this week, listening through this week. I appreciated this track. Yeah, super, super cool. Next up, track 11, In Memory Of. And this one is different than Soulfly, most of Soulfly, because it contains hip-hop and rap elements. Yep. <laughs> My first note is hip-hop? And I can read these features, but I, I didn't recognize any of them. I don't know if you will. The features on this are Babatunde Rabuin, uh, Deontay Perry, and Justin Olbert. Yeah, I don't know any of those. Oh my gosh, dude, my brain is melting. Phenomenal. Some great strings in the background. A lot of religious lyrics in here that I don't mind all that much. Did he just mention Jay-Z? Like, what was that line? Depending on what the dude said about Sean Carter, I either love or hate this track. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm going to look it up real quick to tell you. Okay. Okay. Jam harder than Vince on all ballers from bench to starter since I slaughter, holler, murder, murder on Sean Carter. So I think like maybe he's considering Sean Carter the god. Okay. Maybe. That'd be my way of thinking about it, that he's, that he's calling Sean Carter the god, perhaps? Okay. Then I'm good with the track. <laughs> <laughs> this, though, if anybody ever like questioned new Metal... And like what new metal was and then thought oh, there's too much rap in it. I would play this for them and just be like, listen, there could have been a lot more because this yeah, is a whole yeah. different. This is a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a crazy switch up when that when that first when it first came on and it was heavy, heavy hip hop. I was like, whoa, OK, yeah, let's just do everything on this record. And the thing that you said about how the religious lyrics don't bother you i think yeah. it's because it's such a spiritual record to begin with mm -hmm. but it's not a religious pinpointed record it's just yeah. spirituality 
as a whole. There's actually, I went into it a, a little bit. I looked into uh, Max Cavalera's like religion and stuff. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of interviews where he said that, um, well, all, all the Soulflies albums have been dedicated to God. And he's often been depicted as like a man of press or a man of religion in the press, especially mm-hmm. in the United States. And he okay. has said that he doesn't understand it. He says, I do hate a lot of quote unquote religion. He's like, but people like Christ, they inspire me. I mean, if you look at Christ, he's hanging out with all the lowlifes, prostitutes and losers, you know, not going around with these high society motherfuckers you see trying to sell Jesus today. <laughs> yeah. Facts. And then when asked in an interview of whether he was Christian or whether Soulfly was a Christian band, he said, no, I mean, if I was Christian, I would wear all these different kinds of omens because Christian people are so close minded. A priest would not accept that. So I don't like the concept of Christianity in terms of being so close minded. It is the same with music. Sometimes I compare preachers to close minded musicians or close minded listeners who only like one kind of music. Some preachers are the same and they don't tolerate Hindus, Buddhists or whatever. Only them. It's bullshit. So Soulfly is not a Christian band at all. Very much opposite. But we are very spiritual. Spirituality has nothing to do with Christianity anyway. It has been here oh, since the beginning facts. of time. Yeah, heavy facts right there. I love it. And I think that's probably what, as a as a as a boy who was trying to figure out religion, who was forced to go to church and then forced into catechism and then forced Bro. into communion, and all that. You're preaching to the choir right here. <laughs> and then I went out on my own and like I read all the I read the Bible. I read what mm-hmm. I could of like the the translated Turan, uh, the translated like Torah, the translated Quran. I read all I could. I read Buddhist teachings. I did all I could. And it was all like the same. Like when you got down to the bottom of it, it's all the same. And I didn't understand why everybody was choosing a side. So I think yeah. this probably helped a lot with just like you can be spiritual without being religious, which is a big thing. A big yeah, thing. it is. Yep. So then, moving on to the closer, yeah. we have "Fly High," "Fly High," featuring Asha Rabuin. Which I'm not sure if there's a relation between Asha and Babatunde, Babatunde Rabuin, but I would assume so because sure. I don't think Rabuin's a common last name, unless maybe it is in Brazil. I don't. I, I don't. I do not know. I have no idea. The record took an unexpected spiritual turn, but I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. Odd addition to the female 90s R&B vocal feature feel. Uh, don't mind it, but I'm not in love with it. I do appreciate the band name being in the lyrics, though. The sound And then the toy steel guitar sound is back. And yes. I loved it. <laughs> so just uh, a little cleanup here then before I ask you the important questions. Yeah. To date, Soulfly has released 11 studio albums, one tour EP, 23 singles, one video album, 12 music videos, and their upcoming album, Totem, will release August 5th, 2002. That's coming right up. Also, I know you've mentioned this band. I saw this in passing, so I just had to bring it up to you. I didn't know that Max Cavalera was also a part of the supergroup Killer Be Killed. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I did uh, not know he, that, but I yeah. knew you knew who they were. Yeah, that uh, that group is insane. Yeah, I saw the I saw the members of it. It was. It did you see the lineup? Great. Yeah, super cool. Have you haven't listened to one of their records? Have I you? have not. I have. Not. Oh man, they might go on the list like pretty quickly. But uh, in addition to Sepultura and Soulfly, Max also after a ten year feud with his brother Igor, they got back together and started the band Cavalera Conspiracy. So they still do yeah. that together as well. Before I ask you the question, what are your top three on this thing? Um my top three, they might have changed. <laughs> um okay. number three would have changed. 
I had before that it was track nine, so that would be the profit. But after telling me what was going on with track six, I think Sun Song might be my number three. Okay, okay. Number two uh, is track four, so Jump the Fuck Up featuring Mm -hmm. Corey Taylor. Yep. And then my number one, you could probably guess it, I imagine. Uh, It's track two, which is Pain featuring uh featuring chino yes and grady avenel who is in another band that i don't i didn't i wasn't sure who they were no idea yeah that's very similar at least two are the same as mine sun songs probably also my three Mm -hmm. jump the fuck up is my one and maybe maybe just because it, it it puts you so in the mood of this record back to the primitive might be my number one or yeah, my number, a, my number two, number two, because it's just, it's just, it puts you so much in the mindset for this whole record. That opening Barambu playing, dude, it's I like, love yeah. that thing. I love that <laughs> instrument. You got to get one <laughs> for real. Like that would be great. So Scott Soulfly's primitive throne, own phone, or grown. So before we did the episode, it was a solid own. Okay, but. Now that we've done the episode and we've discussed it and I've finally realized who some of these features are, it's going to be a throne for Soulfly Records because I can't imagine it can get better than this. I regrettably, I lost much like Devil Driver. I, I lost them at some point. Yeah. Um, I love their first record three. I did. I do like their no, th- no, their first record Soulfly. Their third yeah. record's three. I'm an idiot. I like both of those records, too. I think I listened to the fourth. I can't even remember what it is. I can't remember what the fifth one is, but I know I lo- just lost them at some point. But mm. much like how I'm revisiting Devil Driver albums now, I I'm definitely going to be listening to some of these Soulfly records because I I think it's. Are you going to check out the new one that's coming out like I'm next definitely, week? I, yeah, I'm going to listen to it when it comes out too. I'm not going to wait. Yeah, I I think I'm going to check it out too. But we got a throne. We got a, a throne yeah, for yeah, Soulfly's for sure. primitive. I'm fucking stoked. And I love. I feel kind. I feel kind of like I cheated saying that it's a throne for Soulfly. But then I remember you saying you throned the Weezer record for being a Weezer record, so I'm good with it. Yeah, no, <laughs> whatever parameters you need to put on it, I'm, I'm always yeah. fine. With no, that. this thing, this thing blew my mind. Like the the mixture of like all the the tribal instrumentation and all the extra instruments that were on nearly every song, and that that influence into the new metal sound was just, dude, it was amazing. This is something. For real, I, d- I don't know why 18-year-old me didn't get into this. I can't say that 18-year-old me would get into this, at least appreciate it as much as I do now. Because of the Because of all the instrumentation. But it's definitely something that this genre of music coming out when it did at the age I was, it did something for me. Like angry, late teens me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love it now for late 18-year-old me. <laughs> This record was huge for me. Are you going to listen to, are you going to go through any of their other stuff? Like, are you going to listen to their first record? Their I will, the new one? I will definitely check out the new one. I think I'm going to hold off checking out anything else before I listen to the new one. I'll definitely check that out. I'm pretty stoked about it, actually. Um, well, if it means anything, a lot of the, it says that like their first three records are based around like spirituality and things like that. And then mm-hmm. after the third record, it gets into like hate, violence, and oh, all of okay. that, that kind of stuff. So it's you, you're you, and I don't know. Maybe they go back for, to totem. I don't know, but right. you might you might get a different 
I might I might end up sticking with just the first three because I like that feel for this record. But going back to the Pantera that you mentioned earlier, Dimebag, the mm. album Dark Ages on or the album, the Soulfly album Dark Ages was written with a lot of anger because uh, Max and Dimebag were friends. Yeah. So after oh, he that, was killed, did that come out with Dimebag died. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And it's a pretty vicious record. It's a pretty vicious record. I might have to check that one out too. Now that I think of it, that might be the last Soulfly record I listened to. Maybe that's why. Maybe because it was like, oh, this isn't exactly what I wanted to get out of Soulfly. Right. But I can definitely still probably appreciate them, especially if I go back and listen now. Okay. Yeah. So what else are we listening to this week, though? So Lucas and I are part of this summer reading program at the library. And you get like raffle tickets to put in baskets to win prizes if you do certain activities. And one of the activities for the adult summer reading program is going to the library and checking out a, an audio CD. Oh, so, so I went to their CD section and started just flipping through it and came across a protest. The hero CD I hadn't listened to yet. It's called Cure Elios, S C U R R I L O U S. That's pretty wild. Yeah, especially because you're a protest hero fan. Yeah, yeah. I just hadn't seen it anywhere. Hadn't gone back to listen to it. But there was right in the right in the P section of the CDs that they had, and I was like, oh man, yeah, I have to grab this. So I uh, snatched it up. And listen to it all week long, and it is phenomenal. That's I insane, love dude. it. Why do things work out like that for you all the time? It's it's so crazy, right? It is. It's pretty insane. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, but uh, yeah, protest the hero. I'm a big, big fan of Palimpsest. Their last record, I think, was the record of the year for me for that year. I want to say it was 19. Big fan of those dudes. They're they're musically in- insane. Their guitar work and drum work on all their songs are just crazy. And the vocalist's voice is just wild. I listen. I know I got heavily into Fortress. Is that a record of theirs? Yeah. Fortresses? Mm-hmm. With the vulture on the cover? I think so. I got into that one. I don't know if I yeah. listen to any others. You haven't, li- uh, you haven't listened to Palimpsest? I don't think so. Oh, shit. That, I, I love that record so much. Oh, well, I know. I know you do. <laughs> That's probably uh, an endless mic situation where you told me to listen to it 25 times. I was like, yeah, yeah, pro- it, it probably was. It probably was. <laughs> I don't think you'll have the same uh, the same reaction to that as I did endless mic. But uh, yeah, it's super good. I love it. Uh, but what were you listening to this week? My record of the week, which I'm very excited about. I spent a lot of time with it. Really enjoy it. I actually uh, I'm part of Vinyl Me Please, as you know, the record club. Yeah. Yeah, and they put they put this vinyl out as a pre order a while ago, and I actually said, you know, I'm gonna wait and hear it. I, I don't know if I'm gonna, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna want it. And after one run through, I went and ordered it. Luckily, they still had it, and I ordered Ooh. it. It is Lizzo's new album, Special. Oh, okay. And it, yeah, I mean, as a Lizzo fan, it's it's exactly what I wanted. It's it's great. I mentioned it to somebody at work and they said that she's controversial. And I feel like there's is not she? a musician around that is less controversial than Lizzo, unless you're on the wrong side of things. Uh, maybe that's what it is. 
I mean, there's this track on it called Everybody's Gay, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> like, if that's controversial, then, like, count me in for the controversy because sure. it's it's fantastic. But, yeah, I know you – I'm, I'm going to bring you a Lizzo album at some point. And when th- this one made it a little harder for me because this album is fantastic, but mm. I don't know – I don't know if you need to like if this album stands on the shoulders of her other albums and shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, I, I I don't know, so I have to do some more research, and I will be doing research because I'm I'm a big fan of this record, huge fan. Oh, that's good. All right, Scott. So other than that, what am I listening to for next week? Uh, you are going to listen to a band whose main artistic force. Had Jimmy World play at their wedding? I don't even have a guess. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to listen to Tom DeLonge's project, Angels and Airwaves. Oh, wow. Yeah, he had Jimmy World play at his wedding uh, while he was part of Blink-182 still. Uh, that was a little tidbit. I totally forgot when we were doing our Jimmy World episode. But I wanted to throw it in there. That's that's awesome. I didn't know that That at all. That was pre-Bleed American Jimmy World, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, So you're going to listen to We Don't Need to Whisper by Angels and Airways, which is their first record. Sounds good. I can't wait to learn about some aliens and some UFOs. And Not quite. (laughs) No, I I mentioned to you that I wanted to listen to Angels and Airways. I'm glad I'm getting the chance here. And this gets us one step closer to our... Uh, Blink-182 Universe discography draft. <laughs> that is that is exactly why I brought it to you this week, because I am so stoked for that episode, I can't even tell you. I got I to got, I put in some work. Gotta That's going to be listening a to... nuts episode. Yeah, Absolutely nuts. I'm going to love it. It was a throne from you. 100%. This record was amazing. Did you happen to look for it on vinyl? I did. All they have is a picture disc of it, and it's like 160 bucks or something like that. Yeah, I saw the picture disc. I had the opportunity to buy the picture disc at like 40 bucks, and I don't want. Oh a man, disc. I don't like picture discs either. But being that it's the only, it, I would love it if it got repressed. But being that the picture disc is the only thing available right now, if I see it for a decent enough price, which I probably won't, because it's <laughs> really pricey. Uh, if I ever did come across it for a decent price, I would pick it up without hesitation. If I saw it in the wild for a decent price, I'd pick it up. But yeah, I just, I, I, I hate picture discs. Now don't get me wrong. If a picture disc comes, if a picture disc comes with an actual sleeve, I, then mm. I can, I can get by, but Instead I hate the when it's just a picture disc in a plastic thing. I hate it. I one of my addicts records is a picture disc and I want to fucking replace it. I don't want it. I don't want yeah. it. Yeah. I have uh that newfound glory record we were talking about earlier, the self-titled, uh, I have that on picture disc and it bums me out. And then I have um, a gorillas picture disc too. It's a double album that I just, oh man, it it's such a bummer. All right. So follow us on Twitter at a pod. Send us an email at are you listening dot pod at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you for this record for real. I'm, I'm so stoked that you gave it to me. Uh, this week and I really really loved it it was great when you told me that you weren't going to look anything up I knew it was one of two things it was either you did you did like it a lot or you didn't like it at all and it would have been it would have been easier for you to go off on it having not looked (laughs) anything up 
than right. not. And I'm glad it was the former because the latter would have hurt me. Yeah, I, I was I was torn listening to it this week. I was like, I don't I don't know. Like, I know he's going to like some of it. But mm-hmm. I, it was, it was the difference. It was the, the, the tribal, the world music, the Brazilian yeah. influence. I was like, I don't know if he's going to get down on it. Right. Well, but now MIAGF yeah, for real, I'd super appreciate it. Uh, and maybe at 18, uh, when this came out, I might not have appreciated it as much. Mm-hmm. I could see probably listening to it once and being like, eh, it's all right. But now like, ah. yeah, I love it. But other than that, Scott, thank you for the episode. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you, brother. Thank you for the podcast. Listeners, thank you for listening. Always send thank you any, for listening. Send any suggestions on discography drafts to us, because I love doing those, and I'd like to do more. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, the the individual rundown suggestions, like individual albums, it's so hard because we both still have so many albums to give to each other. It's so hard to fit right. one of those in. But we're yeah, going to we try have, to figure that out. We have a few suggestions already from, from other people. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's hard to figure out how we're going to do it because we like to do the history of the band and but then we also both like being oblivious to things when we're listening to stuff so one of us is going to have to bite the bullet and do the history or or something we got to figure it out still yeah we're, we're still working on it that's that's what pre and post show meetings are for yeah exactly. thank you for listening thank you for listening and are you listening are you listening You know I I love fun, but sometimes 90s fun isn't my idea of fun. I always feel weird saying, are you listening, after I say thank you for listening. I'd rather rub my dick on a cheese grater than listen to the fucking Mars Volta. Well, babe, I gotta go be a roadie for about 25 minutes.